0: Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles. And recently we have started part two in the workbook. And these are much shorter lessons. And they're only a half a page long. And they're very poetic. They read like a prayer. And part one is designed to dismantle our ego. And part two is designed to introduce us to... Our true self, so all these um, lessons in part two they're very lofty, so uh we're glad to be doing them and we're going to start with the the first one, which is two twenty one
1: right, this is very beautiful. it says, "Peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still and this prayer is very beautiful. it's talking about Father, you come to us today and seek no Father, I come to you today and seek the peace that you alone can give. I come in silence, in the quiet of my heart, the deep recesses of my mind. I wait and listen to your voice. My Father, speak to me today. I come to hear your voice in silence and in certainty and love. Sure, you will hear my call and answer me. So I really like this lesson because I've been trying to become aware that God is speaking to me lately. and. I'm sure God was always speaking to me, but I was not always aware. So God is here, and so we wait for Him to answer us. And we have certainty that He will speak to us. That's what this course lesson is about.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, recently you've been having kind of a pain in your ear, and we've been processing that. And, you know, we got arrived at two things. One, you were... You were straining to hear God's voice, and then that—that that was one reason you had the pain in the ear. You felt like you weren't hearing it, and you were straining to hear it. And then the other thing was you were hearing some things like a noisy neighbor,
1: very you know, noisy, that,
0: that we didn't want to hear. You know, so um, so I think this thing about hearing is is the issue of this this lesson, and it it says peace to my mind let all my thoughts be still so we have to look at that as the prerequisite for hearing the voice for God like if all the chatter and all the grievances and all the judgments and fears are raging in our mind we're not going to hear the voice for God we're going to hear all of our ego's distractions so the beginning of hearing the voice for god is silencing your own voice peace to my mind let all my thoughts be still so this is how the second part starts it starts with silence you know the part number one does too nothing i see means anything but we're so new to the course at that point we don't really get that we have to silence our mind, but you know after 220 lessons, and most of them are about forgiveness and letting go of the ego's thought system, now we're prepared enough to uh, hear this lesson: "Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. And then the prayer, like you just read, it's all about hearing God's voice, isn't it? Yes. Could you just read it a couple lines again, that part about hearing Uh, God's voice? I come
1: in silence and in quiet of my heart, the deep recesses of my mind, I wait and listen to your voice. My Father, speak to me today. I come to hear your voice in silence and certainty and love.
0: Yeah, it I'm uses sure that the word you will
1: hear my call.
0: It uses the word silence twice, mm-hmm. you know, in the first line, and then again it repeats it. So this silencing of our own thought is essential to hearing the voice for God.
1: Right. Then the next lesson two twenty two is God is with me, I live and move in him. So God is the source of our life, he's you know, he's the air we breathe, the food by which we're sustained, the water which renews and cleanses us. He's our home wherein we live and move, and the spirit which directs our actions. So that's really beautiful, too. It's um, it's always, God is always with us, and we live and move in him. And
0: yeah, it reminds you of Babaji, you know, when Babaji uh, emphasized the elements, earth, air, fire, water, space, mm-hmm. you know, like that lesson, it, it's saying there there is an energy of the divine and even the physical form, you know. So, yes, we're not a body, it says, however in this dimension, even in this dimension of the forgiven world, physicality is imbued with this holiness. God is with me, I live and move in him. And then the first thing it says, oh, wow, he's in the air I breathe, the water, the food I eat, the water I drink, and then the water that cleanses me. So, you know, that that's a very palpable physical Uh, dimension that it's talking about and it's also saying god is with you even there in that dimension
1: Mm, right so then the lesson for today is lesson 223 god is my life i have no life but his that's the lesson
0: well that's that's like total mindfulness like when you get to that point and you say well god is my life and i have no life but god's Well, then everything that you do in your life would be holy. It would be sacred. It would be mindful. You know, God is my life. Okay, I think most people can say, who are even remotely spiritual, that there is a creative force that permeates the universe. And they would all agree that there is this supernatural force um, and that that's all pervasive but do are they aware that it's there, <laughs> that's all that there is like God is my life, I have no life but his well you live by this force, if it weren't for this force you wouldn't exist, hmm. so that What that lesson is saying if you're mindful of your life you'll also be mindful of God because that's the only thing that's there
1: Hmm.
0: God is my life I have no life but his well that means I have no life but the divine
1: right and it talks about you know being mistaken when we thought we lived apart from God and so here's the prayer our Father, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. For we who are your Holy Son are sinless. We would look upon our sinlessness for guilt, for claims that we are not your Son. So that's really important. You know, we've had some clients really recently that said they didn't deserve their divinity because they were sinful, and that was their religious dogma. hmm yeah. We would not forget you longer. We are lonely here and long for heaven where we are at home. Today we would return. Our name is yours and we acknowledge that we are your son. So they're not talking about dying and go to heaven. They're talking about returning to heaven here on earth.
0: Yeah. And, and also, I mean, that's one of the most beautiful lines, I think, in the Course, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. Right. You know, and that applies to ourself. You know, we want to forgive ourself and see the face of Christ in ourself instead of our mistakes. But we also want to apply that to our brothers and sisters. You know, where most of the time, uh, if we're angry, it's because we're projecting some kind of mistake onto someone out there. And it's they who have to make the change, not us, mm-hmm. you know? So, so this is saying, well, even that, you have to see the face of Christ instead of mistakes. So it's, it's like the ultimate forgiveness. Um, because the mistakes usually go with blame, guilt, attack, grievances, you know, all that other crap that mm-hmm. goes along with mistakes. We, we weren't taught the love of correction, you know. We weren't taught in school that even though you made a mistake, you still completely love and accept yourself and you're innocent. We weren't taught that. There, mm-hmm. was, there was an element of make wrong. There was an element of guilt involved when there was a mistake. So we got afraid of making mistakes, or at least, you know, this is, I'm talking about myself. You know, I was always afraid of making mistake, and maybe that's why I wasn't a, a, an A student, <laughs> you know? I, I was so paranoid about making mistakes.
1: But mistake. you were a Victorian. Yes,
0: big- I know, but it was motivated by the wrong reason, oh. is what I'm saying. Oh. Like, like, you can be a perfectionist, and still feel you're imperfect. Mm. You know, I like that definition of a perfectionist, someone who's obsessed with imperfections. Mm. You know, well that would have been me. Okay. I would have been obsessed with not making a mistake, which was what made me a a student, but I never felt innocent. I never felt like that I was smart for being an A student.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It was, it was motivated for the wrong reason. It was motivated out of fear of disapproval if you made a mistake. Do you know? So this is saying in this lesson, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. Now, even in the face of a mistake, you're going to see your innocence. What, what is the face of Christ? I mean, what would the face of Christ be for you? What, what, what is that to you?
1: Perfection, yeah. perfect love.
0: Yeah. Innocence.
1: Yeah, perfect love and perfect innocence. Uh
0: state of heaven mm-hmm. within a body, mm-hmm. uh, within a f- physical form, you know? So the Christ comes to this earth plane to bring the vibration of heaven with him so or her. You know, Amaji does the same. She brings the vibration of heaven with her, and she represents the Christ self. You know, the Christ energy, and and uh, you don't think she looks at people's mistakes and makes them wrong when they come for a hug. She sees all their errors, mm-hmm. but she overlooks them mm-hmm. and says, well, you know, this is grace. This is the Divine Mother's grace, and all your errors are forgiven and absolved without any guilt. So that's, that's what the ultimate is, you know, to let us see the face of Christ in the midst of the mistake. Okay. And, and then you can say, well, God is my life. I have no life but his. Well, that's how a saint lives. I mean, Amaji doesn't have any life other than God's. Babaji doesn't have any life other than God's.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why they're masters. Right. Because they live totally in that vibration of, of the Christ energy. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and yes, now here's, here's a subtle point. Uh, because it's coming up with some of our students. Like, as a teacher, it's our responsibility sometimes to uh, bring to the awareness of a student a mistake they're making. Okay, Would you say that that's a role of a teacher? Right. Is to help the student make correction of their errors. Well, just because we bring an error to someone's attention... Doesn't mean we're not compassionate. In fact, we're being more compassionate by pointing out the error that they don't see. Like if if, it's, if there's an error I don't see, and I'm not seeing it, and I'm not going to see it, then it, it's the responsibility of the teacher to point the error out to me, and it may be tough like i remember you know uh you know i've told you this story before you know when tarji and i went to india to see ramana maharshi his ashram and we were waiting in uh, madras for the car to come pick us up and it was like a 6 hour drive the guy had to drive 6 hours to pick us up and then 6 hours back and Tarji just took me aside and said, you know, they would never send a car for you. <laughs> and, and you go find your own way down there. Well, I was shocked. You know, I, at the time I thought that was cruel. But what he was doing was showing me what reverence is. And I had not realized the depth of reverence. But after that, I did, you know, so so the teacher corrects the student even though the student doesn't see the error, and he does see the face of Christ in the student, but that's the problem. The teacher sees the face of Christ even when you're making the errors but you don't see the face of Christ in yourself because you're too obsessed with the error. Yeah. So the role of the teacher is to correct the error, and that is compassionate, and that is unconditional love, but it, it looks a little bit hairy at the time because you're trying to pull out some kind of insanity and put it on the table and look at it, and then let it go, and that's the, that's the role of the teacher. The only role of the teacher is to help you correct your errors. If you had no errors, you wouldn't need a teacher. You'd be the Christ. You know. So, um, yeah, it's like the teacher goes down into the into the trench and pulls you out of it. You're stuck in the trench, and you don't even know it, and the teacher goes down and pulls you out of it. And that's kind of, you know, it truly is. It looks like a battle at the time, but that's just the way it is.
1: God is my life, and I have no life but his.
0: Yeah, and let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. Okay. Thank you.
1: Thank you.